Welcome back, everybody, into the First in Tech podcast. I'm your host, technician and sports editor, Cameron Spate. I'm assistant sports editor, Jay Cacavaro. And I'm video editor, Jalen Harrington. And today, guys, we're going to talk about some NC State football and the Clemson matchup that just occurred over the weekend. Before we get to that, like we will at the beginning of each episode, we're going to talk about something from the sports world. Today, really, a couple interesting things happened over the weekend here. Um, you know, talking about the college football playoff rankings and all that stuff going on. LSU and Alabama obviously had the big game. LSU came out on top by four points. But what I found really interesting after the game, and I'm sure you guys saw it on Twitter, was that the LSU players went over to the Alabama recruiting section and just started talking and was like, yo, you guys want to come to LSU? I thought that was really an interesting dynamic there. And I, you know, so I, I want to get your your thought on that. And also, do you think there could be some sort of shift in the SEC conference, specifically from Alabama recruiting than everybody else to Alabama, LSU, Georgia, all on the same level kind of thing? Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, I saw the video, and I mean, and I saw a tweet too with the video that was like, "There's no reason to get upset or anything about it," because like at the no, end of the I day, don't think so. it, the players. I feel like are the draw to a program. Like you like the coaches, you like the facilities and stuff, but ultimately you want to go to a school where you're going to play with like people you want to play with. So I, I think it's funny, like the players running over and talking junk to the recruits Um, in terms of the recruiting. I mean, I think as long as Nick Saban is at Alabama, Alabama's head and shoulders above all the other schools in recruiting. I mean, it, it, I think it says a lot that LSU just beat Alabama for the first time in eight years yeah, and like how big of a thing it is. And you always like, I think the general consensus has always been over the last decade. The LSU is like number two in the sec Even the Georgia has been better the last couple of years, but in general. So I don't think like there's a recruiting shift now once Nick Saban leaves. Absolutely. But as long as Nick Saban's there, um, I, I think Alabama's the top dog. I don't know. I, I've got some news for y'all. Um, What's up, man? LSU right now has a number two, class in the country for yeah. this year. And they're only behind Clemson. They're ahead of Alabama. Um, I love the move on Saturday, and I think to the victor goes the spoils, and that includes the recruits. You know, pretty much whoever Alabama wants, LSU wants. Whoever LSU wants, Alabama wants. And I think the best time to capitalize on your success is immediately. So going over there and telling these guys, hey, we just won at Alabama. You know, you came here for Alabama, and you got to watch us win. You know, if you want to be a winner, come to LSU. You know, I think a big thing that recruits like is the new flashy thing, right? You know, you see that with NC State's recruits flipping to UNC. You can see it here. You know, Ed Orgeron, no one understands a word of what he says, but he's very exciting. He loves food. He loves feeding people, and he loves playing good football. Seems like I mean, a coach people want to want to be under, right? right? He's exciting. LSU has a lot of people in the pros the only thing that they haven't had recently is national championships and victories over Alabama. We've got the victories over Alabama now. If they win the national championship this year, you might see a switch. Just because Nick Saban is kind of boring. He's predictable. You know what you're going to get from him. He's solid. But recruits sometimes want to go with a flashy coach who they know will still get them into the NBA. You know, it's Coach K versus— or, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the NFL. It's kind of like Coach K versus John Calipari. You know, Saban, in this case, would be Coach K. Or Jerome would be Calipari, where a little, a little more fun. You know, you might prefer that vibe over a little less fun at Duke. 
Yeah, I think it's easy to say that. But also, like, in 2011 when they played and they were number one and number two and LSU won, I mean, LSU won and then Alabama still dominated the next decade. Like, that was hyped up as, like, the game of the century. Like, that was one versus two. Right. The two most, like, two of the biggest schools in college football. Right. I think at the end of the – like, at the end of the day, until Alabama – until I think Nick Saban owns college football recruiting down south. I think now that Urban Meyer's gone up north, it's kind of anyone's shot. But down south – it's Urban Meyer. I mean, it's Nick Saban. And maybe that could change, but I'm also, I'm not sure. One of us may be looking at the wrong thing, but I'm looking at the ESPN recruiting oh God, class don't, rankings don't, for 2020. Don't look at ESPN. And they've Jesus got Christ. Alabama number one. They're terrible. No, 24 <laughs> 7. Uh, 24-7 is the lead. It uh, says Alabama recruiting. number one, Ohio State number two. I think That's, it was really interesting what you guys said about whatever recruits Alabama wants, the recruits LSU wants. Right. Because they're both in the SEC, same thing with Georgia, all in the SEC. Pretty much Basic, same area. All, basically from the same area, picking yeah. up from the same recruits. And I think that's a little bit something different from the Clemson example because Clemson's in the ACC. They're recruiting the area that they're recruiting from is a little bit different. And in the ACC, it's like it's Clemson and nobody else. And the SEC, you have Bama, who I still think is in the lead in you know, the whole recruiting thing. But I think LSU and, and Georgia are kind of creeping up. And I think maybe not you know, this year, next year, but I think in the next couple years, maybe next five years, it's going to be about even for, for the most part. Because like you said, LSU's been missing the national championships. They have a, a shot to get it this year. I think it's going to be LSU-Ohio State. I think that would be a great matchup. So I think it will be really interesting to see the whole recruiting shift, but you know, either way, like Alabama, LSU, Georgia, they're all going for the same people. It's just going to come down to, you know, the the players that are getting these recruits to come in and the coaches as well. Yeah, so. I mean, it's it's insane if you look at the top ten um, of the recruiting uh, rankings from twenty four seven. You got LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A and M, and Auburn. All in the top ten. Five schools from the from the SEC. All yeah. in the top ten. It's insane. You know, the bags are different over there. The the bags are different. <laughs> the imaginary bags. The NCAA turns the blind eye. Of course, for. of course. All right, I think that's all for that topic. We're gonna jump into NC State football here. And well, kind of as we talked about with with Alec on last week, Alec Sawyer from Pack Pride, former technician sports editor, but you know. Clemson won 55 to 10 and me and Alec had the score even higher for Clemson didn't quite get there you had it just about right you said 52 to 7 right right got the margin exactly right yeah so I mean it's about what we expected about what we talked about the first half was was kind of brutal though it's a little bit a little bit because what was it 42 nothing at the half it was all I know for sure is it was most definitely 28 to nothing 42 nothing it was 28 to nothing after a quarter yes like so, you know, we'll, we kind of continue to start with the quarterback position. I'll get your take on this. But Devin Leary, 14 for 29, 166, no touchdowns, no picks, uh, a couple fumbles there throughout the game. But overall, like, obviously it's kind of hard to judge Devin Leary based on his performance against Clemson. But do you think that he showed any sign of promise in that game? Um, I do. And I'm going to say something really crazy to you. He had a better game against Clemson than he did against Wake Forest. If you read his Wake Forest line, it was 17 for 45, 149 yards, two interceptions. So, and, you know, 
two-thirds of the passes against Clemson. He had more yards, no interceptions, but, you know, a really stupid fumble where he just dropped the ball. Yeah. And a botched handoff that's credited to Jordan Houston, which yeah. was also on him, I think. You know, so the fumbles are a big problem, but passing-wise, he was somehow better <laughs> this week, which I think is a good sign for NC State fans. I thought he was awful. I mean, like, I, I, I guess technically the raw numbers are better, but that's also because Wake Forest third-string defenders were in by the second quarter. Against Wake Forest, they didn't really take their foot off the gas until later in the second half. I mean, you saw, like, the ver- in the very first quarter, he just drops the ball. Like, yeah. it... I, I thought he was really bad. I mean, I get like I mean, again, he, you just should, shouldn't judge him based off the performance. Like judge him going forward because again, you're playing the defending national champions yeah. who were out for blood after feeling they like they mad. got snubbed in the college football playoff rankings. Yeah. But I, I don't, I I didn't watch a, a sing like a single second of that game thinking um, Devin Leary looks good. Like oh. I think it was pretty obvious he was pretty bad. Let let me let me clarify here, okay? Because this is still what. 29 passes, 166 yards, three yards per attempt. He wasn't very good, but he was better somehow against a better team. That's what I want to get across. There is improvement there because he was absolutely terrible against Wake Forest. So it was marginal improvement against Clemson, which is surprising. And, you know, I think State was always going to get demolished by his Clemson team, so I'm not taking it as bad as some NC State fans are. Well, you know, just under 50% completion Right. It, it's not bad. And I, I don't think those stats necessarily tell me that he had a bad game. Obviously, as a whole, the offense, I think, had a terrible game. But the turnovers is, is an interesting thing because when you see a score that at that margin and you think NC State played that bad, you would assume the quarterback had a couple picks. But, you know, in this case, it was really the fumbles that the turnovers got there. So I feel like in general, it's not a great game for Devin Leary, but what did help him out a lot is the running game. And that was one thing that I've been talking about is where is the running game? Because that was supposed to be the strength of the offense. Hasn't been. Well, in this game, Zonovan Knight seemed like he was the strength of the offense. He had 12 carries, 140 or 139 yards and a touchdown, including that. That was the 53 yard touchdown. That was the only touchdown NC state got on the board and kind of out of nowhere. He's been kind of banged up uh, along with Ricky person but Zonovan Knight had a huge game against one of the best defenses in the country. Yeah, Zonovan Knight had a, a great game, you know, and that's with a banged-up O-line in front of him. You know, they're missing two stars at the tackle positions. They're starting two freshmen, two true freshmen, against one of the best D-lines in the country. And he had over 100 yards, you know. And the funny thing was after the game, you know, reporters were talking to him about his game, and he was like, you know, I don't even feel, you know, 100% yet. I'm still struggling to get my legs off the ground with this brace. Like, if you have 140 yards against Clemson and you don't feel 100%, I mean, Zonovan Knight is just a special player. And I think if he can stay healthy, you know, it's kind of the same thing with Ricky Person. We just need him to be healthy. You know, if they're healthy, the running game will be there for NC State. Yeah, I think Zonovan Knight was awesome. And, I mean, I think, again, like, I think he could have had an even better game. But as has been the problem the whole season, the offensive play calling – was terrible. I mean, Jordan Houston gets the first carry, and they end up going three and out. Zonovan Knight doesn't touch the ball on the first drive. Second drive, Jordan Houston gets the first carry again. Then Devin Leary fumbles. So you're already you've had two possessions, and Zonovan Knight, who's probably your 
best offensive player at this point, still hasn't even touched the ball. He doesn't touch it until two minutes and 47 seconds left in the first quarter was his first touch. And like the, the, at that point, the just, score was like, and what, yeah, 21 by then it was nothing? 21 yeah, nothing yeah, and the game yeah. was over. They just, yeah. the, I, I get that he's banged up. So you're not going to expect him to get 20 plus touches. But when you're playing a team who has one of the best offenses in the country and you know you're going to have to keep up with them, it might make sense to try and get him involved within the first 12 minutes at least. It's just, I, I don't understand. Before you're down by they, 20. Exactly. Like, I think Jordan Houston will be good in the future, but I don't think he's he should be your workhorse back against one of the best defenses in football over the last like four or five years. It's just I, I don't get that. Zion Knight looked awesome, but they just he he they didn't give him the ball to start the game. So I I, I don't know about that. Yeah, you look at Jordan Houston had seven carries, you know, um, and Zion Knight had twelve. And he only had, and he had negative fifteen yards. So at at well, no point during the game was he like productive at all. And it still took them to the end of the first quarter. And you know, obviously, if you give up twenty eight points, your possessions aren't that long. But you have to give Zonovan Knight at least a chance if he's gonna go. Because if he's gonna go, he needs to be the guy from the beginning. Because that's what we've seen from him. He is the guy. So I thought that was kind of really interesting there. When you look at the receiving, um, Amezi had four catches. Tabari Hines had three. I think it's really, at least really nice to see him be one of the more involved receivers. We've been talking about that quite a bit. Um, and Thera Thomas didn't have a catch at all. And that's a guy that Devin Leary and really the entire quarterback, you know, revolving door that NC State has had this year. That's the receiver that they've gone to. Angeline also had two receptions. He had the most yards at 53 what did you guys think of the receiving core? I, again, I, I think they did what we probably expected them to do. They're just they're overmatched. Like Clemson's defensive backs and defensive scheme is just heads and shoulders universes better than NC State's pass catching group. I mean, I, I guess you you can say they had a bad game, but at the same time, who was expecting them to really have a good game? What exactly? I think you should judge based on the expectations. I don't think the expectations were very high. I mean, it's nice to see Kerry Angeline. He had that 38-yard catch down the sideline. That was good. I, I still don't think they're using him enough, um, especially with basically like a rookie quarterback. It, it's always nice to have a big body to throw to. But it, it was weird seeing Thayer Thomas not have a catch. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson's defensive coordinator, Brent Venables, if kind of all week long they knew in terms of pass catching, Thayer Thomas is really the only person who can beat you. And they probably just schemed to just completely take him away, let whoever else beat you that you have to. Like a Mecca Mezzi had four catches, but for 20 yards is he wasn't doing anything with his catches. You take away the um, the strength of the off, or really the only player that's doing anything on the offense, and that it's kind of over from exactly. that point. So and so I guess you you could say the receivers, the pass catchers were bad, but I don't think anyone was expecting them to be good. Yeah, I mean. I'll just echo your thoughts on Carrie Angeline. Carrie Angeline is six seven. I'm gonna say that every single time yeah. I say Carrie Angeline's name. Yep. He's six seven, y'all. He's very big. Uh and you know, Leary's best throw of the night came on that long pass to Carrie Angeline where he just went up and got it for him. You know, you can put it out of the defender's reach because he's six seven. That's the last <laughs> time I'm gonna say it this podcast. I'm sorry. Yep. Um but as far as Thayer Thomas, I would not be surprised if he's hurt. Um looking at the participation for the last game, he only had six snaps. Um and he was consistently in the 40s, 50s, 60s, the games prior. Um, he had six snaps uh, against Clemson, and Tabari Hines had 42 or 32. So I think what happened was, 
you know, Thayer was hurt during the week. He tried to go, but he couldn't really do it um, because I don't really remember him being on the field at all. Um, That's fair. Yeah. And speaking of Thayer Thomas, you know, he doesn't only, you know, provide help as a receiver. He's also State's punt returner. He's a starter at punt returning. And Tabari Hines had a mind-boggling play yep. in the fourth quarter where the punt is rolling in front of him. And a Clemson defender is right there trailing the ball, like two feet away from it maybe. And he just, for some reason, watches it, watches it, watches it, then dives on the ball, completely misses it, by the way. He hit it with his back, I think, and Clemson recovers. Just why? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure what to say about that. <laughs> like, it was, it's such a weird play for a red shirt or for a graduate student. Yeah. To yeah. Make, it's not like he's a freshman making mistakes. This is his fifth year. In college football, in D one college football, that's just that that was that was somehow the decision making in his head was so caught in between of what he should do. He just kind of didn't do anything until right. the last second. Yeah, which it shouldn't have been that hard because it looked like an obvious let's not touch this kind of play. But yeah, I mean, and speaking of him being you know a graduate player, I don't think the upperclassmen for NC State are really having great years. You know, Moorhead's been solid. He's recovered from a couple of bad weeks to start out the year. He's solid. Um, you've got some offensive linemen that are playing well, but Emeka Mezzi's not really impressed. Carrie Angeline's being underutilized. You know, Merch and Smith-Williams are having decent years. They're not wrecking the game, but, you know, maybe that's on the 3-3-5. You know, there isn't a veteran player that's really stepped up for NC State, aside from maybe Chris Ingram, who then got hurt. Yeah, It's been a tough year. And I think one of the good things about that, though, is these freshmen are having to step up. And even though they're getting trialed by fire, you know, in three years, they're going to be really good <laughs> if you have the patience for it. It sounded like really the problem was Thera Thomas wasn't there to throw in a touchdown pass. I think so. And that was really the problem. No, that should have been one of his six snaps. Was just it should to, have been. Just him throwing, <laughs> just throwing it somewhere. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Line him up at quarterback. It doesn't even have to be a trick play. Honestly. But let's go ahead and look to next week. NC State will host the Louisville Cardinals Saturday again, a Saturday night game at 7.30, which is also kind of mind-boggling to me that NC State the last two or three years has been good, and now they're not good, and now they're getting the night games because in the last year years, no night games at all. But, you know, it's fine. I we, think I do think a big reason they got the night game against Louisville, though, is because of the basketball game. Uh, I think because I think the – time for that was announced around the same time the basketball game time was since it's one of the since it's one of the Reynolds Coliseum games I think they planned it around that which I hate by the way yeah I'm just gonna point this out you know NC State you gotta decide that you're a football school man like (laughs) football should not be getting a night game because there's a basketball game going on so now you're complaining about the night game what this night game yeah yeah well, first of all, let me just, full disclosure, I'm a member of the press. So when I cover a night game, I get out at 1 o'clock in the morning. So I don't, I don't like those. I think this should have been a 12. Also because it's starting to get cold outside, and you do want day games when it was very cold against Clemson. Right. So what I'm saying, as a member of not the press in the student (laughs) section, it was very cold. Right. So what I'm saying is also just as a football school, you would want a day game when it's getting cold outside, so that more fans stay in the stadium for longer. Um, And I think that's just a thing that they should have kind of argued for with ESPN. Um, But as far as them playing Louisville, you know. They're an underdog at home, and 
I would love to see the last time that Dave Doran was a home underdog against someone who wasn't Clemson. You know, that's kind of surprising. And I think they might turn things around because the first step that I always go to is the O-line. Louisville is not great in sacks allowed. So I think pressure will start to get there again this week, and they might have a better game. Yeah, Louisville is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. We'll talk about that more on the Wolfpack Wager podcast, so make sure to tune into that. Last three games, Louisville lost to Clemson 45-10, similar to NC State's game, beat Virginia 28-21, and then last week lost to Miami 52-27. So, you know, overall, uh, an okay year for Louisville. They're 5-4. and four. One of those losses is to Notre Dame, another one to Clemson. So, you know, those make sense. Lost to Florida State by 11. And then, of course, to Miami, that was kind of a blowout. But I'm not really sure what to think of this game. I'm not – I I don't want to say that I really like NC State in this game just because I don't know how I can sit here and say that based on how NC State has played the last couple of weeks. But it's a, you know, a three points, a field goal difference in the line. And – NC State's at home. Hopefully there's a turnaround here. Eventually, Devin Leary's going to play well. I think that that's at least what I think is that I think he's going to play well eventually. And when he's not playing Clemson, I think is a good you know, option to do that. If I had to pick, I think I would probably say Louisville win, wins a close one. I'm not really... I'm not really here to say that NC State's ready to win this one. Yeah, I, I mean, here's my thing. And you can't use the transitive property really in sports. Louisville scored 62 points against Wake Forest. NC State couldn't move the ball. Like, I mean, that's all I've got to know. Like, again, matchups matter. Louisville matches up against Wake Forest differently than NC State matches up against Wake Forest. And they obviously match up differently against each other. But if Louisville could score 62 points on a defense that NC State could not even move the ball and get first downs against, I I don't see this game being close. And I I don't think we have any reason, honestly, to think NC State can keep a game close because their last three games... I, they've lost by what a combined I think over 90 points. What I get I get Louisville's not great. Louisville did beat Virginia. They beat Wake Forest. They beat Boston College. They're by no means a bad team. They're coming in here. They have a good starting quarterback. Malik Cunningham's been good since he took over. Um, he can run. He can throw. I, I I don't see how NC State keeps this one close either. On to be quite honest. One thing I think is that Louisville gives up quite a lot of points. You know, 52 to Miami, the 21 to Virginia is not bad. That was a win. 45 to Clemson, 59 to Wake Forest, 39 to Boston College, 35 to Florida State. That's a lot of points. It is. And, you know, I feel like if there's going to be a week that Devin Leary is going to get back on track, it has to be this one, especially because NC State has three games remaining and needs two wins for a bowl game. This is a game that Devin Leary has to turn around and NC State has to win. Yeah, I and mean, I feel like that at least is a motivating factor. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think a lot of my predictions in college in college football revolve around you know narratives, and NC State has lost three straight games, three straight games. You know, can't be four. Probability right? tells me right. <laughs> can't be <laughs> can't four. Can't be four. You know, I think Louisville is a much better matchup for NC State. Um, Louisville is very undisciplined. They get a lot of penalties. They allow a lot of sacks. Um, you know, their offense predicated a lot around the run, which is a good thing for NC State, I would say. You know, they don't protect the quarterback well, and they don't get that many first downs, which tells me they're not that consistent. They're a little reliant on big plays. 
I mean, NC State's actually been decent at, uh, like, not having huge plays this year. Um, I think NC State is getting victim to the, oh, you lost a couple games, so you're terrible. NC State is 4-5. and five. Louisville is 5-4. and four. They're not that far off. Louisville doesn't have more talent than NC State. They probably have better coaching, but that's all. You know, it was a year ago that Louisville had, like, one win the entire year. So let's not forget that Louisville sucks. <laughs> NC State also sucks. So what we have is suck on suck. And it's a home game for NC State. <laughs> so home, I think I'll go team with the back. And, yeah. and bad team and, versus bad NC team. NC State's yeah, like so. 48 points per game the right. last three games. So since they started really playing real teams, they're letting up 48 points per game. Plus, you look at Louisville's wins. Louisville beat Boston College, who destroyed NC State. That was, Louisville that, beat, was Louisville, that was at home. That was at home for Louisville. Louisville won at Wake Forest, who destroyed NC State. That was a fluky game. That was so, a Thursday night game. The Louisville's there was beating, 120 points in that game. Louis, Come on, man. Louisville, is, <laughs> Louisville has beat teams that destroyed NC State. And NC State, I I think it's probably at this point is fair to say is the worst non-Syracuse team in the ACC. So what? Like I I don't see what they've done. Georgia Tech. Would you bet on NC State going to Georgia Tech and winning? Okay, first we'll of all. We'll talk about that later, but I, I guess <laughs> if if we're making – I'll go and give – if we're going to make a score prediction, I yeah, would probably – that's next. What do you got score prediction? I'd probably say Louisville – I, I don't want to think NC State gets blown out. I really don't because, I mean, if you don't win this game, well, I mean, what are you going to do? But I, I say probably – I say Louisville 50-23. to 23. You're out of your mind. I, I, don't, I don't see how <laughs> – I don't, I don't see a way – they don't Louisville. have a. They can't move the ball. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. They can't stop anything. Okay, I I do, and and let's also let's talk about this since we're talking about how many points this defense lets up. How many times over the past three weeks has the offense gone three and out? Oh yeah, and given the other team the ball at the forty. But what makes you think how the many offense times will stop has going the offense turned the ball over inside the five yard line? Absolutely. <laughs> like, come on. I've talked about this defense before and how good it is. It's getting ravaged by injuries, and it's also getting, you know, messed over by an offense that keeps on messing up over and over again. So, Camden, if you're right, and Devin Leary turns it around this week, I think we're going to see a lower scoring game from the other offense. I'm going to go with 28-24 Wolfpack. Don't let me down, Dave Doran. I'm putting my rotation on you. <laughs> but if I'm right, uh, I'm never going to let y'all hear the end of it. Don't let me down, Dave Doran. Everyone's famous last words. <laughs> Actually, no. Our famous last words are Bambard for the win. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> that was unnecessary, Jalen. <laughs> I think it's a lot more high scoring than that. I think I'm going to go Louisville winning. I think it's more of like a 34-31 game. I think this is a close game. I think NC State plays much better than that than it has like the last three weeks but i still don't think that nc state comes away with the win it is at home it is at night we'll see exactly how many fans show up after you know the night game last week against clemson that most everybody was gone at halftime including myself look i was surprised they didn't leave after the first quarter good for it, y'all it, that's a good point here i'd like to throw out a stat real quick nc state's played six power five teams this season right. one in five the average margin of defeat, 26 points. 26 points. Their average game against a Power 5, against a real school, they lo- they lose by almost four touchdowns. I do want to point out, Louisville is the second worst Power 5 school that they'll have played this year. Correct. So, and they won against that true. one. And no, they, I disagree. I think Louisville's, Louisville beat Boston College you, significantly. Louisville's not better than Boston College. Come on. 
Stop it. Louisville handily beat them. Stop it. It was a two-point game. And they game. have the same record. I don't know about handling. But I think Boston, Sco- Boston College scored a touchdown as like the time yeah. expired on that. I think it was a two-possession game it was almost a the close, whole game. It was a close Despite game Despite the, the win, quarter. I still feel like Bo- Louisville's not as good as Boston, Boston College. Boston is a good team. We're not going to stop what we're looking Boston, I think Boston College is also a good team, too, which I've been saying from the beginning. But we're acting like Louisville is bad because they were bad like last year but I mean they beat Boston College they beat Wake Forest they beat Virginia like they, they're beating real teams which they're is something can, NC State hasn't done they're competitive sure all I'm saying is let's not gas them up too much guys you know another thing to think about is the fact that the ACC as a whole has been pretty chaotic outside of um, outside of Clemson you know Virginia just beat UNC and then almost lost to Georgia Tech yeah it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so chaos man yeah. some of that spilled over into the Atlantic too and I think you know Louisville just because they beat Wake Forest an absolutely bizarre game that I wish I could have watched that you know, doesn't nuts. mean that they're going to beat NC State all right I think that's it for today we, we've talked about the Clemson blowout we've talked about the Louisville game coming up should be a really interesting game I feel like if NC State's going to turn the season around it first of all it it has to be now and it's going to be now if it's going to happen right because so, the season is almost over so yeah, we need to start turning very quickly <laughs> you need two wins and there are three games so figure it out real quick yeah but thank you guys for tuning in to this episode Hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and uh, hopefully you guys have recovered from the Clemson game last weekend. Again, I'm your host, Technician Sports Editor Camden Spate. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Jake Cacavaro. And I'm Video Editor Jalen Harrington. And we'll see you guys next week.